honor and honor. To be here to honor my friend. Um, he's been a co-worker in ministry with me. See, y'all don't know the whole story, but it goes back. Um, if I take you down memory lane a little bit, y'all can be seated too. We'll sing a little bit in a minute. We'll, we'll turn a little non-spiritual and then go right back to it. Uh, but about eight years ago at a cookout on Highway 29 in Charlottesville, Virginia, <laughs> oh, how something changed. Um, you know, in ministry, I've been in ministry for a good portion. Um, Pastor Rocky and his entire family has been in ministry for a good while now. Uh, raised in church. I was raised in church. Um, you know, you meet people. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes, here, I don't need this. Sometimes they are there for a while. Um, and then there's those people that no matter how hard you try, you can't get rid of them. And I am one of those for him. Um, I am one of those for him. No, he's not. never tried. The family has always been so wonderful to me. He is one of those people, and I'm going to share this. I called him just a few days ago. We were going through something just a few weeks ago. It was morning. I was driving. I actually woke him up early, and he called me back. Um, but I said, I need you. I need your prayers. I explained the situation and um, just was pouring my heart out to him. And he said this is, this is one thing why I love and respect the Nicely's and will always love and respect this family. The first thing he said to me, it wasn't, a, well, let's pray, or he didn't give me some churchy answer. He said, you know I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. What did, what did I say to you? That's why I called you. I respect that. I respect that. We have enough men. We have enough people standing in a pulpit week after week, day after day, Facebook Live after Facebook Live, and all they're telling us is what we want to hear. Come on. This means yes. That means no. You got to get up with me somewhere. That's how we do it in Carolina. You either get on one side or you get on the other. We have enough people standing in pulpits across this nation, and part of the reason we're in the shape we're in is because we have had our ears tickled way too many times. This stings sometimes. This takes us out of a comfort zone sometimes. I appreciate you because when I wanted my ears tickled and I was sitting in that office in Charlottesville or Rutgersville, wherever we were, you kept pushing me, and many times I know you I know you know it, but you got on my nerves. That's okay, though, because he pushed me. He pushed me. He pushed me. And I don't want him out of my life. I'm thankful because he's one of those ministry partners I can ring up anytime. I, I've learned now I may have to wake him up a few times before I can get him. But I can call him, and he won't tell me what I want to hear, but he'll tell me what I need to hear. And it may even be a few days before I need to hear it. I'm thankful for that. And I'm honored to stand here and honor you today. You mean the world to me. Y'all mean the world to me and Lindsay, and I'm going to stop before I cry because um, I will cry. Um, but it is an honor. We love this church. Thankful for 
the invitation. I have to apologize publicly to the AV team because I came in right at 10 o'clock. I'm not going to blame my wife because it was not her fault. It was not her fault today, so I can't even get mad at her. I was agitated, but it was at myself. Uh, but it's, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful day to be with you, to honor this family, all that they do. I love the entire family. Um, they've been a huge part of my life for a long time now, and um, don't imagine life without them. You know, you have those friends that you see every day or talk every day. Those a lot of times are not your strongest friends. Your strongest friends are the ones you don't have to check up on all the time. <laughs> you don't have to call all the time. If you see somebody and you ain't seen them in six months or a year or ain't talked to them in a while and you can pick up right where you left off, you probably got a strong friendship. And that's what we have in the Nicely's. I was told, also told, sometimes he tells me what I have to do. And it is his day, but I was told I had to sing today. Um, I, I don't even remember, but I didn't sing last time, apparently. So I was told I had to sing today. So I'm going to try my best to sing, and then we're going to get into what I feel like God's give us for this hour. And we're just going to worship him. Amen? Um, Tommy, you can, um, you can start. Let's start with track one, I think it is, and we'll go from there. I'm thankful for God's grace. Amen? I'm thankful for it. He's kept me.
called me through the night. Lord, you've kept me. Oh, you've never left me. Oh, but you've always stood by my side. So many times when I felt so alone. Oh, man, death tried to come and take me in. Oh, but the reason I'm here, it's not hard to see. Oh, but it's easy to explain. It was God's grace. shoes you don't know my shoes I come all y'all know as a crazy boy from Carolina and that's mainly true who's been blessed beyond measure but if it were not for the grace of God simple song but if it were not for the grace of Almighty God you can go ahead and start that that next song and then we'll get into the word but I'm thankful for his grace I'm also thankful that his blood is everything I'll ever need it's my provider this song has been ringing over and over in my spirit for days now the sin-stained life your blood is healing to the hopeless and broken your blood is enough Jesus is enough your blood is the shelter in the middle of my storm your blood is my refuge when I'm hurting and alone. Your blood is enough. Jesus is enough. It's renewing, restoring, saving and healing, dealing 
to all who receive it, your blood is more than enough. Your blood is the rescue for the sin-stained life. Your blood is my healing for the hopeless and broken. Your blood is enough. Jesus is enough. Oh, your blood is my shelter in the middle of my storm. Your blood is my refuge when I'm hurt and alone. Your blood is enough, Jesus is enough, it's renewing, restoring, saving and healing, delivering captives, setting us free. praise him this morning do you truly feel like that if you don't feel like that I would challenge you to go ahead and say that we're getting to a time and getting to a place that I feel like that's where the father is taking his church to stop looking to the left stop paying attention to what they're doing to the right stop looking to this thing or that thing for our source of strength, our hope. Come on. We're getting to a place, and I, I we're getting to a place where the Father is drawing us. He is trying his best. I'm going to get ahead of myself. But he's drawing us. He wants to hear from his children. God, you're all I need. Like the old, old song. He's all I need. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. That's what he's wanting to hear from his children. Because for too many years and so long, we've looked at everything else. And see, I don't know where else to preach from, but I preach from where I'm at. I'm not one of those preachers. I'm not going to come out like I've got it all together because your pastor knows better. And he would call me out on it. But I'm not like that. I told the Lord many years ago when I first accepted the call, I said, Lord, I want to be relevant. I don't want to stand behind the pulpit, and, and I want to be relevant. And I say that to say even me and, me and Lindsay this week have said, God, you're more than enough. 
If you don't give us these things, if you don't do these things, if you, we still trust you and you're still more than enough because at the end you're all I need and the end game is we're going to be with you. When all is said and done, it all ends and it's not going to matter anyway. This means yes, that means no. <clears throat> I'm getting to the word before I just get all beside myself. Um, we're going to Deuteronomy. Chapter 8, verse 2, going all the way back to the Old Testament. Share something with you that God gave me a few days ago. Um, I can tell you exactly, and we'll get there in a minute, but um, just something that I felt that it was for this day. Um, this day, I could not get away from it. Late last night, we got to the hotel, got settled. Lindsay crashed. I couldn't, even though I wanted to. Um, and God kept just dealing and stirring, and even this morning. So we're going to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. Someone needs to highlight that. Allowed you to hunger and feed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Verse 6. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his way. And to fear him. That's another highlighting part right there. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks of water. Of fountains. And springs that flow out of the valleys and the hills. Verse 7 one more time. For the Lord your God. That's personal right there. The Lord your God. My God. That's personal. The Lord, my God, is bringing me into a good land, a land of brooks of water, fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys and the hills. Last night when I was sitting in that hotel room, all laid up on that couch and all my electronics around me, you know, he never promised, and this just stuck out, that flow out of the valleys and hills. We've got this mentality as Christians we, and I don't know where it came from and how we get over, but we've got this mentality that it's always going to be mountaintops and roses. And if it's not, then we're mad about it. Come on. If it ain't, we get mad about it. I mean, and we show out mad about it. But even, even right here that flows out of valleys and hills, it ain't always level. It's just how the, God created the land. It's life. Sometimes somebody just needs to look at somebody and say, get over it. 
You ain't the first one that's ever been through it, and you won't be the last. I'm preaching to myself. I know I'm not even looking at Lindsay, okay? I'm not even looking at Lindsay, and I've got to ride home with her, okay? Because she can preach too. She just don't preach in the pulpit. She's been given an audience of me, okay? But even last night sitting in that hotel, you know, God, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. But even in that land, there's places that are higher than others. God just called it a good land. This ain't even in my message. I'm, just, I'm feeling good today, okay? I was late. I'm so sorry again. I really wasn't late. I was right on time. I was Christ-like, always on time. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. For the Lord your God is, is bringing you into a good land, a land that's plentiful, a land that's flowing, where you've got everything you need. But in that land, there's still valleys and hills. But yet we sit here, and we just have this little mentality over in our Christian la-la land that it's all this. This is the problem. Because this is the way it's supposed to be. If you ever get this in your Christian life, I challenge you, you need to re-examine yourself. Because if you're not doing this, then something's wrong. Because never will anyone ever arrive to the place we need to be in Him until we're home. None of that's my message. That's a side note. If God will help me over the next few moments, this is the thought I want to give to you, One Church. And, you know, I, I, I sat there and I told God, I was like, this ain't really a pastor appreciation message. <clears throat> and the Father says, so? <laughs> so? But this is the thought I'm bringing to you today. A presidented God in an unprecedented time. A presidented God in an unprecedented time. November 2nd, me and Lindsay had went to a, um, we'd went to a revival service to see a, a family that is in ministry that we've known for quite some time. And um, they were in the gym area because COVID's everywhere, you know, and we were spread out and all that good stuff. But we were sitting there and enjoying the service. And God dropped into my spirit. He dropped this just into my spirit. I didn't really know what it was for at the time, but it kept rolling over and over. And it coincided with the message that was being brought, and it didn't. And I'm like, Lord, is this for me? Is this for a message in another time? Is this concerning what's tomorrow? You know, God, are you just speaking to my spirit? But I kept hearing over and over again, a presidented God in the unprecedented time. A presidented God in an unprecedented time. We're going to work a little backwards. Unprecedented. Never done before. New territory. Don't know what's going on. Let's put it in plain Carolina language. I met Matt last night. He's a Carolina boy. He understands everything I'm saying. He'll get every ain't and y'all that y'all, y'all. Because, see, I, I moved to Virginia. And when I came, I thought, well, it's still the South. Y'all's food ain't the same. I love y'all, but y'all's food is a little different. There's a little difference in the, in the states. I learned that the hard way. But an unknown territory, 
And let's just all be real. I was here last December. Things are different than they were in December. We were skipping along in December, singing our little Christmas carols. I was wearing that nice red coat, y'all remember? <clears throat> and everything was honky-dory, and we were around our Christmas trees. Well, I went home. We'd done our annual Christmas production. Everything was great. January come, the new year, you know, we started hearing things about a virus overseas and all that good stuff, and, oh, it won't get here. We went on vacation. We come home. We get to March. I'm ready for my birthday, and guess what? We couldn't even go out to eat. I was mad about it. I ain't even going to lie. We did go out to eat. She's about to correct me, but we went out way before my birthday. <laughs> but we're in a time that is unknown. We're in a time, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, now, look, this is not going to be a political message. This is not going I'm not here to, th this is not where this is headed, but the reality of it is we are in a time where we don't know what's going on. Let's be honest. I don't care what side you stand on or what side you're looking at. I feel like we can all agree if you've got any common sense about you, we are living in a day that just don't make sense. This means yes, that means no. We, it don't make sense. I've got my opinion. I know where I stand. But we are living in a time that is, is just don't make sense. This means yes. That means no. Nothing is normal anymore. My job, I've, you know, I've had some changes on my job. But essentially, I do the same thing that I've done for a while now, just some title changes and some responsibility changes. But I've always worked in the administrative side of medicine. And this year, it's made me want to go to McDonald's and take your order. Because every single day, there's a new SOP coming out. There's a new policy coming out. And guess who's supposed to know it? Everything's changing. Nothing is the way. Church has been flipped upside down. You would have never had me to believe. We, we ended our service on March 15th. I literally laughed because our safety team director came in and met with the rest of the staff, and he was talking about the things that our governor was talking about, how we would need to, we might would need to prepare if we needed to shut down, and we were going to have to do this, and I laughed. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. We're in the Bible Belt. We're not shutting down. Guess what? We did. And when we did, I was like, okay, we'll get this two weeks over with, and we'll be back. Everything will be back to normal. It still ain't back to normal. It still ain't back to normal. She just took it. Nothing is the way it was supposed to be. And, and she just hit it because it's not going to. The more I've been reading and the more I've been studying and the more I've been praying, we are moving in and we have moved into a place on the prophetic timetable that the church is not even aware of. Come on. We have stepped into a place. I'm telling you, you can say yes or no, but I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, and I'm a big old boy standing here, okay, you can't move me that easily. Okay, but as sure as I'm standing here, 
We have moved into a place where it is time. The church better read up. Come on, somebody. The final exam is fastly approaching. We have moved into a place in the prophetic timetable, and we're just still sitting alone, kind of lazadaisical, going around with everything, and we have moved into a place where she's very right. I do not think that normal will ever return. Now, hang on. I'm not saying doom and gloom, but the normal that we knew, the easy street, for real, I'm telling you, I feel very strong in my spirit. The days of easy Christianity is fading away, and it's fading away fast, and you better listen to me. It's fading away very fast. The days where we can just come in, and do what we want on Sunday, and then go home and do what we want to do Monday through Saturday, that was lower than I thought it was. But those days are gone. For a couple reasons, Brother David, those days are gone. Because God's not playing games anymore. He never has played games. He just allowed us to and kind of Yes, he put up with us. But those days are gone. Those days have kind of do because it's time to be about the Father's business. We sat at lunch yesterday, and Debbie said it so prophetically, and she said it right, and I had said it. Lindsay looked at me because I said it for weeks now. We are in the separation process. What are you talking about, crazy boy from South Carolina? We are in the separation process. God is separating the wheat from the tares. Whether you like it or not, and I'm seeing it all around. We mm, Help me, Lord. I'm seeing it even in close, close people that it's made me scratch my head. People that have been influential in my life in the past. Come on, somebody. Let me put a side note there. There are good people everywhere. And there are good people everywhere, but you do not put a person on a pedestal because they're flesh just like we are. And God could have spoke to them and used them for your life many years ago, but then we put them on this pedestal. We look at them like, oh, we're just, ah. Oh. And, and then when they fall, we want it to let us bring us down because, but they're flesh too. That's a side note. But we're going through this separation process. But it's made me scratch my head. People that have poured into my life. People that I know that have had the experience. People that I know that know that they know what's in this word. I'm going to tell you something. I'm tired of seeing the church live in fear. Now, there, I'm not talking about wisdom. There's nothing wrong with having wisdom. I'm talking about living in fear. There's a spirit of fear that's been released on this nation, and it is directed strictly to the body of Christ. And you know what a lot of the body of Christ has done? Newsflash. This has been my motto, and I may eat these words, and that's okay, because I believe them. I believe, no virus is going to keep me from living my life. Look, I work in healthcare. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying it's not serious. But you're not going to, I could have cancer and not know about it. I could die this afternoon and not know about it. If I get it, I get it. He'll either keep me, 
heal me or take me home. If I get it, he keeps me and heals me, I'm okay. If he takes me home, I'm even better. And Lindsay's got a little bit of insurance money. But a spirit of fear has been released upon the body of Christ, and we've taken it. We've taken it. it mm, I've not come to beat anybody up, but I, what I am coming to do, I've come to sound the alarm. We need to open our eyes and we need to open our ears, not on a, not on a, a level, an earthly level, but in the spiritual level. We need to get to a place where we say, God, don't let me see this thing. Don't let me see this thing, God, on an earthly level, God, but I need to see in the spiritual realm. God, I need to hear from you. I don't need to hear from a coworker, a spouse, a child, a family member of God I need to hear what you're saying about where we're at because let me tell you something it ain't normal and we've done moved into a new area and this thing whether you agree with it or not is ticking down I don't know when because no man does know when but we're closer than we've ever been you say, oh, I've heard it my whole life. So have I. So have I. That don't mean I'm going to stop living it. That don't mean I'm going to stop believing it. Come on. Five with oil, five without. Five lamps burning, five without. We need to start digging in because it seems like over the last, how long have we been doing this thing? They tried to quarantine us. See, we're both essential, thank God. Because we cannot stay home together for a long period of time. She looked at me about day three and said, I've got to go back to work. But we've done this thing for about ten months now, nine months now. Everything that we've had faith in has been tested. I'm not trying to be comical this morning. It's just coming out that way. But Lindsay looked at me on the way home and said, well, I guess we better stop on the way home today because I think from what I'm seeing on, on social media, we're going to need more toilet paper and paper towels. Can somebody explain that to me? I'll tell you what's happening, though. What God is allowing to happen is the normalities that we've known and the comforts that we've known for way too long are being shaken. It's part of the separation process. It's part, mm, help me Holy Ghost. It is part of the separation process because we've entered into a whole new time. Oh, thank you, Lord. Even spiritual, even, even the most spiritual people that we've looked at, that I've looked at, we've looked at, we've put clout in, we've watched. I've sat there and I've listened to some people that I've followed their ministry for many, many years, and I'm going, oh, wait a minute. You know what that tells me? Look, it's okay for me to call Pastor Rocky and say, here, this is what I'm going through. What, what do you think? But at the end of the day, you know what matters is what I know. It's okay for me to go to Pastor Debbie and say, look, I don't understand this. What? But at the end of the day, in the midnight hour, 
when I'm not going to be able to wake him up or I can't wake her up or when they're nowhere to be found. What's going to matter is what we know. What's going to matter is what has been tried. What's going to matter? I'm going somewhere. What's going to matter in an unknown time is what's going to matter is what has been presidented. You know, 2020, we got to the new year, and someone said this a few, a few days ago, and I'm not, I'm not going to be long-winded today. And Lindsay probably just said, yeah, right. But 2020 came, and, and someone said just a few days ago, you know, the church world was looking for all the, you know, I heard it several times. All 2020 is the year of vision. We're going to see everything clearly. We're, yes. Oh, we can see clearly now the rain is gone. Bright, bright, sunshiny 2020. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but, and I heard this and it stuck with me. You know, that's all we heard last January, 2020. The year of full vision. I challenge you and say that's true. 2020 has been the, but it was not, we did not see what we thought we were looking for. We were looking for all the blessings and all the shining and all the glitter. But this has been a year where God is trying to rip back the curtain and show his people really where we are standing in a place that it is time. It is time to stop playing church. It is time to get serious about what God has said because the curtain is being ripped back. Evil will be revealed. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, we're in an all-out spiritual war, whether you believe it or not. You don't have to believe in spiritual warfare, but I'm here to tell you that we are in an all-out spiritual war. There have been spirits released upon this land. It's time to bunker down. It has been a year of full vision. Because I'm telling you, going into 2021, and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen in the end. I don't know when. I don't know what 2021 holds. You know, I've seen the post now. Oh, 2021, please be good to us. Or 2021, I can't wait to kiss this one goodbye. Or we have no promise that 2021 is going to be any better. The only, You want to say it again? Or that we're even going to get to it. The church needs to be watching and praying. The church needs to be in high alert more than ever before. The church needs to be, I'm telling you, it's like code red. I, I don't, you know, Sean's back there. He, he was in the military, Rocky. I don't know what the code was. All I know is medical codes. But we need to be on high alert. We need to be watching. We need to be waiting. We need to be praying because we're not just going through this this thing just skipping through a field of daisies anymore but we are in a separation people are lost people are confused i've watched people and it has broke my heart i've watched people good people buy 100 percent into the lie that the enemy has given them and there's a lot going throughout this land good people have bought 100% to the lie the enemy's telling. I even had somebody say a phrase like this to me. Well, it's time just for us to wait till he comes. 
I got up and walked away. That is the exact lie that the enemy wants the church to believe. Go tuck away. Go tuck away until you think happens what's going to happen. Oh, you know, just go tuck away. I'm not tucking away. I come, I come, no, we don't tuck away. And I think, I know y'all are about the same. We don't tuck away where I come from. We're loud and we're proud. We don't tuck away. I'm not tucking away. And it's by it's high time that the church of the Almighty God, regardless of the nomination, regardless of what the belief, regardless of what you see different, we better unify in one mind, in one accord, in one spirit, and we better get a boldness about us because the enemy that's out there and the enemy that's running are rampant in just the last ten. I mean, come on, somebody. Let's open our eyes. They're bold. Why can't we be? They'll tell what they believe. Why can't we? They'll hurt your feelings. And I'm not telling you to go hurt nobody's feelings because you, you have to give the gospel in love. But they don't care about hurting your feelings. But we'll tuck away. Mm, y'all ain't never going to have me back. People are hurting. People are lost. People are confused. People have lost their jobs. People don't know where their next meal is coming from. And we just want to tuck away. There's something wrong with that. We're living in a time, <clears throat> I'm not even going to open my eyes, but we want the promise without the process. That goes to me, okay? I heard you. <laughs> We want the promise without the process. And even if we'll take some of the process, we want to overexamine the process. And we want to put a time limit on the process. And we want to put a standard operating procedure on a process. We want to put all these earthly things on a process that's from the heavens that God is doing in His children. But all we want is the promise. You can't get to the promise without the process. You can't appreciate the promise without the process. The scripture we read was from the children of Israel wandering in the desert. They knew what their promise was. It took them 40 years. 40 years. I'm not even 40 years old. No. 40 years, though, in desert. Not in a house. Not with our dogs sitting on our laps on our couches. Not eating the best food. Come on, somebody. Read the Scripture. You know, some, I don't know where we got to the point where we think this is a book of story time. This is not a bunch of Disney classics. This was real people. This was real life. Well, God don't move like that anymore. He, you know, we're not just in the age of miracles. No, I'm going to challenge you. We don't pray like these people prayed. We don't get desperate like these people got desperate. We don't sacrifice the way they did. 
God don't change. We've changed. We've got comfortable. We've got comfortable. They were in the desert. They stayed there for 40 years. My shoes don't last four years. And I don't walk on desert sand. My clothes sure don't last that long. Come on. It wasn't comfortable. They didn't just go out and just, they didn't just go make a circle. I'm just waiting for 40 years to pass. How you doing today? Oh, good. You know, just another day down in 40. You know, just, no. Do you not think they stood in that desert going, what in the world is going on? God, you promised. Why are we not there yet? Yeah. Do you not think they, they, they stood there trying to tell God that he was doing it wrong? But see, we can look at it. We can look at it at a different angle. Because God was tried and true in that situation. Look, he kept them. Even, even through their disobedience, he still kept them. But we think we can't live through coronavirus or go without our Charmin or our bounty. Uh, seriously, th th think about it. Think about it. Do we believe this or not? D do we truly believe this or not? Is God a presidented God? Has he been tested? Tried? Presidented means... Let me find my little definition. Oh, I like it. An earlier event or action that is re regarded as an example or a guide to be considered in a subsequent similar circumstance. Was God not faithful for them? Did God not keep Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through persecution? If they had to go through it, who better are we? We've been blessed. Okay? We have been blessed beyond measure. Who are we? Who do we think we are? If he did not keep them, he kept them, then why do we think that we can't go through some little things? Mm -hmm. We seek out everything, and I'm, I'm going to get ready to close. We seek out everything this bit. We want to look over here. We want to go, well, this program worked for such and such. They did this, and it, worked. it got them this results. So I'm going to do this. And look, I work in the medical field. I'm just using this as an example because God gives doctors wisdom. I know that. But we want to look and say, well, they done this experimental treatment, and this worked, and that, that worked. So I, I'll put my faith over here. This ministry did this and it worked. This was the formula they used. And look at where they're at. I'll, I'll, I'll grab a hold of this. I'm preaching to myself. This, this did this and this worked out. And, and look, and they're blessed and they've got all this stuff. And well, if they did it, Oh, God's not a respective person, and He's not. 
but the blessings that He may have for you are not for me. And the journey that God has for me is not for you. He's a personal God. Why would it be a cookie-cutter blessing relationship? He's not a cookie-cutter God. It ain't one size fits all, thank God. It ain't one size fits all. But the thing about it is, before we'll turn, before we want to find a secret place, and I'm coming to an end, before we really want to take an hour out of our day to talk to the one that we supposedly love the most, before we'll spend an hour in this, the Word to search out, we'll run to that doctor. Or run to that program. Or we want to look at this solution and that solution. This is presidented. This has a track record that has stood for a long time. This has odds that nothing else in this word has. You're sick. You need healing. I can take you to some stories. You need provision, I can take you there. I can take you to our personal stuff. I, can, I, can, I have tried him, and I have found him to be faithful. That's an old churchy statement, but it's a true statement. I have tried him. Yes, I'm only 37 years old, but I can, and you know, y'all know, y'all know some of the stories. We talked about Trinity last night. I can take you through some stories. I can tell you when God has been my provider down to the right penny I can tell you when God has been my healer when they didn't know what else was going on at the age of 21 it was and I don't know why I'm sharing this but I was 21 years old 21 22 young just started working got up one morning on a Friday morning trying to ride the fence that's a whole nother story but one end toward heaven and yeah. Got up, went to the gas station down the street, got up to put, pump gas, and when I stood up out of my car, I fell back up against my car because this whole side of my body just went numb. I'm thinking, well, I'm a big boy, but did I lose circulation to the whole side? You know? It was weird. Mom came. She said, what's wrong with you? Because we were just down the street and she was passing. She said, are you okay? She could tell someone right. I said, oh, I'm fine. I'm just tingling. I'll be fine. I'm, I'm okay. Long story short, I wound up flat on my back. I had a couple spinal taps. I wound up flat on my back in Wake Forest. They had actually came in and told my mom, they tested me for MS. Never had another issue. Had several episodes during, during that time. But you know what it was? It was a place to get me in a position. Because I wasn't in a position I needed to be in. I, ended, I remember being in that hospital room. Mom and dad, they had to go out. They couldn't be there for a lot of the test. Flat on my back. Because when they stick a needle in your back, you can't even have a pillow. I was literally flat on my back. And I remember looking up. And it was just me and him. God will put you in a position where he can talk to you. 
he will put you in a position to get your attention. I had a conversation that I needed to have with him that day. And when I got up, I can honestly tell you, I've never forgotten that moment because he got my attention. But in that moment, he also became proven to me. Because I've never had another issue. Never had another issue. No MS. Never had another issue. They could never tell me what really happened. I know what happened. God needed to talk to me. And I'm hard-headed. And that's just one example. But God is... God has proven himself to me. He's proven himself to me. And I've had to remind myself constantly over the life, why do I even worry? There's an old, old song. Why should I worry? I'm going to leave you with this. I'm coming to a close. The morning of election, I called my aunt. And I, I um My mom's side of the family is very small, so we're very close, and um, we talk pretty regularly. And my aunt's not married, never had children, so me and my sister and and Lindsay and my brother-in-law, we're all very close to her, and we try to check on her. We were talking, and she said something to me that went right along with the title of this message that God had spoke to me the night before. She said, David, anytime God does a miracle, anytime that God moves, he moves in a way and he creates that miracle in in such a way. It's not subtle. But it's in a way where nothing else can take the credit. When he parted the Red Sea, There ain't nothing else. We still talking about that all these years later. Come on, somebody. When he kept three Hebrew boys in the fire, we still talking about it. When he rose from the dead, we still talking about it. When God does a miracle, see, we say we won't. I'm trying to wrap up because I feel like I've just rambled. But when... We want, we, oh, yes, Lord, I want miracles. God, move in my life. God, I surrender to your will. God, do whatever you want to do. God, I trust you. Side note, invisible ink, disclaimer. Please work between January 31st and March 1st. Please do it this way. I need X amount of dollars in my bank account. Come on, somebody. Come on. Do you trust him? That's what I'm leaving you with. Do you trust him? Because the people that trust him, and I'm going to stand on this, we are getting set up for the biggest. Look, yes, this world's in a mess, but God ain't dead. This world's in a mess, but there's still a people that are hungry after the move of God. There are still a remnant 
that want to experience things they've never experienced before. I'm going to leave you with this. Last Sunday night at our church, even our home church, a lady got up to sing a special song, and the pastor was getting ready to bring word, and she began to edify, and she began to exhort the people. And before you know it, the Holy Ghost of God had, and the Spirit of God had moved in that place. And an hour and a half later, there was a nine, is she nine? Eight or nine, don't really matter. She's a child. An hour and a half had been in the altar with her hand raised, seeking God. I sat there, I sat on the altar, convicted, because when have I been in the altar for an hour and a half seeking God for what he's got for me? body that I love and serve at. A nine-year-old is putting us to shame. A nine-year-old putting, I'm talking about our personal body that I love and I'm thankful for. I love my church, okay? I know it's where God's put us. I mean, and God is, I, I know that, okay? I'm talking about a place that's dear to me. I, I'm not condemning, but I'm saying we've got to get to a place where we put our money where our mouth is, where we self-examine as the body of Christ, and we say, you know what? I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to seek after the things of your kingdom, and I'm going to trust what your hand has for me. If a nine-year-old can seek God, At the end of that hour and a half, she was speaking in an unknown tongue, along with two others that are under the age of 12 and three other adults. If a child can seek and a child can press through, then what's your excuse? What's my excuse? If a child can trust... But here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm still believing a revival is coming. Back to this, and I'm, I'm done. This says that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh, young and old. That boys and girls will have visions and dreams. Look, I'm going to get real here for a minute. I just, and I still believe it. I'll stand on it. I told them yesterday, I may be 80 years old still saying it, but I'll still say it. Last year when I stood here, I believe the next time I came, I'd have a, I'd had a car seat. I don't have that car seat, but I still believe the word of the Lord. I'll take it a step further. I've even asked God because I don't know his timing. But I know his word says that there will be a revival where he will use the little ones. I've asked for my little one to be part of that revival. Look, I don't understand God's ways. I don't understand his time. But I serve a God that's been tested. And he's been found true and he's been found faithful. So I'm standing in an unknown spot today. Being real. And I'm about to ask you to be real too. I'm in an unknown spot. 
I have no clue what Christmas is going to look like, and I'm, all, I'm already decorated. Because who knows what's going to happen. I was going to have my decorations up. We've already got Bing Crosby playing. I mean, gingerbread smelling. We're ready, okay? I know that it ain't even Thanksgiving. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Who knows what this nation is facing? Who knows what the church is facing? But I know this. I know this. I know this. Even if they take it from me, and God forbid, I hope we don't get to that point. I know this. I challenge you to know this. Because there may be a time when you may not be able to open it up. Oh, that's not going to happen. You can't post what you want to on Facebook now, can you? Brother David, I know this. And I have tried. I have tried this. And it's been good to me. He has proven himself to me. I'm about to turn it over to your pastor, but every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we come to you. God, we come to you humbly. And God, we look back and we recognize, Father, everything that you've done. God, we thank you, God, because you have proven yourself time after time after time again. We have tried you and we have found you to be faithful, God. And right now, God, I'm asking this entire body with me, God, we reflect on the goodness of you. On the times, God, that you have been our provider. On the times, God, that you have been our way maker. God, we recognize who you are and what you are to us. Lord God, and we ask, Lord, corporately, God, and I pray for this body, God. I pray for the body of Christ as a whole, God, that you would help us, God, in this day to look to you and look to no other. To put our faith into you and to no other, God. To look to your throne room, God, and to no other place, God. Because at the end, God, our trust, our hope, and our life depends on you. God, shake us, Lord God, and bring revival, God, like never before. God, help us, God, to stand on your word. God, help us, God, where nothing else, God, we lean on your word. God, help us, Lord God, to cling, God, to everything, every promise, God, every provision, God, that you've made. Regardless of what tomorrow holds. God stirred the body of Christ. God stirred the body of Christ. God, rise up your army. God, we know how this ends, God. But God, we want to finish strong. God, we want to finish mighty. And God, we want to recruit heavily in this last hour. God, and I pray, God, that you rest the Spirit over these people. God, the ones that are here, Lord God, use them to fill vacancies that may be vacant. 
God, raise up a boldness, God, that they don't even recognize within themselves, God. Raise up a generation, God, under your word, God. Let people prophesy, God, in your name, God. Let people be healed in your name, God. Consecrate the body, God. Help us to be consecrated like never before. Because you are proven. And we trust you. And, Father, as I turn it over, God, challenge every heart, God, even including mine. God, stir us, challenge us. God, and we praise you. God, we love you. Amen.